I draw your attention to the closing paragraph of this address of Samuel's in 1 Samuel 12 here, verse 20, down to the end of the chapter. And I especially would highlight the words found in verse 20. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord. And then again, verse 21, the same expression is repeated. Turn ye not aside. Now while this is a negative expression, turn ye not aside, it is occurring in a fairly positive paragraph. It is a paragraph of hope, a paragraph of comfort to Israel. And you would see that in the opening words of the paragraph, fear not. So it's mainly about giving comfort now to Israel at this stage. The people are in a position now to receive comfort. You see they have repented. They have confessed their sin. Following the thunder and the rain that the Lord sent in verse 18. The people said, pray for us Samuel. We've added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. So they've made confession. They realize that they've been in error. They felt the rebuke of God in that thunder and rain and in the word of God. And they've humbled themselves. As far as the text is concerned, they're fearing the Lord. They're fearing Samuel. So there's something going on in their hearts. There's some kind of change. They've gathered here to renew the kingdom. That is, they're making a new beginning. Samuel has addressed their hearts. He's humbled them under the word. The backsliders have returned. When we confess our sins, we return. We're acknowledging we've done wrong. We haven't been looking to the Lord the way we ought. We haven't been accepting that he's our true and only sovereign king. The one who only delivers us. We haven't been trusting him the way we should. We've been leaning on the arm of flesh. And we've been looking this king like the nations. And so they are humbled. And now it is time to give them a word of comfort. Fear not. You have done all this wickedness. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord. So it's an encouraging word to lead them on with the Lord. Samuel's word can be summarized basically this way. You've been naughty. That's true. Very naughty. But don't fear. You can still have blessing. And you can still serve the Lord. Despite the failure of the past. Despite the wickednesses of the past. You can still fear the Lord and follow him and have the blessing. But. Don't be naughty. Anymore. Don't turn aside. Again, from following the Lord. And so they're to follow the Lord. They're to serve the Lord. Verse 20. Serve the Lord with all your heart. And then you have it there in verse 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. 
Do you see what he says there? With all your heart. He emphasizes that service and worship of the Lord and following the Lord is to be a heart thing. Do it in truth. It's to be sincere. But with all your heart. Keep following him. So he's got them onto the path again. He's kind of renewed them again. They're beginning afresh again. And he says, follow him. But don't turn aside. That's our emphasis. Do not turn aside. If you want to know the mind of God for you tonight, this is it. Don't turn aside from following the Lord. It's said twice in the paragraph. That's where we've come to tonight in the providence of God. The Lord has a word for you. It's very simple. Don't be turning aside from the Lord. Now in the Bible, of course, the image of turning aside is very frequent. And sometimes there's a good turning aside, a positive turning aside, a turning aside that we ought to do. We ought to turn aside from sin. That's for sure. Turn aside from sin to the Lord. We ought to turn aside from distractions. Though we get so many distractions in life and the devil put so many distractions before us and we have to turn aside from them to the Lord. Do you remember Moses was in the wilderness? He was keeping his sheep. He saw the bush burning with fire but it wasn't consumed. He said, I'll, I'll turn aside to see this great sight. That was a good turning aside. That brought him into the ministry. That brought him into the, the service of God in a greater way. That brought him into a closer relationship with the Lord. And then sometimes we have to turn aside for rest and recreation to recreate our minds and refresh our minds. That takes rest or something different. And so we have to come aside for rest. You remember the Lord Jesus said, Come ye aside. The, the disciples were so busy. They were coming and going all of this work. And the Lord knew they needed to rest. Says, Come ye aside and rest a while. So, so there are good turning aside in the scripture. And this Gilgal business is a turning aside from the ordinary duties of life in Israel to come to the meeting to renew the kingdom of God. So they've already come aside from the ordinary business to deal with God in Gilgal. They've come aside for a fresh start. And now they've got onto the right path. And they're on the right path and they're starting it the right way, following the Lord, serving him with, with all their heart and truth. And whenever Samuel says this, turn ye not aside, I can't help think that he has the word of God in mind with Moses. Because remember whenever Moses got the covenant and he was up on the mountain in Sinai and all the people were down below. And what were they doing? They were making idols, weren't they? You remember Aaron made the idol? Of gold. And Moses is up there. And what did God say to Moses? God says they've turned aside. Israel's turned aside quickly. And Moses sort of pricked his ears up. And wondered what had happened. They've turned aside from what I commanded them Moses. Because they've made a molten calf. And they're worshipping it. And they're sacrificing onto it. And they're saying these are your gods. O Israel. They've turned aside quickly. And I'm sure Samuel's thinking about that because this is like a new start this is like a new covenanting again with the Lord and beginning again with the Lord and Samuel's a prophet like Moses and Samuel remembers what Israel of old did and he's saying to them don't you turn aside Samuel knows 
that's Israel's history. They're just the people who turn aside all the time. And even after this, they still turn aside even more. But you know something? It's not only Israel's history. It can be ours too. And it's prone to be ours as well. We all turn aside. We're all distracted from following God. We all go astray like lost sheep. And the Lord has to seek us out again. It's a fairly strong inclination in us to turn aside. Which is why... Samuel says it. Don't turn aside, but keep following the Lord. Twice he says it. It's a thing to be emphasized in the paragraph. So it's a danger turning aside from following and serving God. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means turning aside from the Lord himself. Turning aside unto other idols and other gods that we can quickly manufacture in our hearts. Turning aside from his word. That's turning aside from the Lord. Turning aside from listening to him. Turning aside from obeying him. Doing what he says. Turning aside from looking to him. We should be looking to him. But if you turn aside, you're not looking to him. You're not trusting him. It's turning aside from worshipping him. Not giving him the worship that's due unto his name. Not giving him our devotion. Not giving him our Bible reading and our Bible hearing and our praying. But turning aside. Turning aside from prayer. Turning aside from the throne of grace. Turning aside from the meeting. Turning aside from the assembly of the saints. Turning aside from his people. Turning aside from his day. It can be manifested in so many ways. Turning aside from his ordinances. Turning aside from his table. When we have the observance regularly of the Lord's table. But the, the people of God turning aside from it. Oh it's so easy to turn aside. From serving the Lord. It's only part of the service. That's all it is. Part of the worship. Part of following God. This do. Turning aside. And it would mean following the flesh. Following our own interests, our own pleasures. So that's what it means. Let's look at the reasons why we ought not to do this. Are things that ought not to deflect us to turn aside? Because this is being dealt with here in this paragraph by, by Samuel. Don't turn aside. Here's reasons why you shouldn't turn aside. Here's things that ought not to deflect you. In this business. So let's look at them very quickly. First of all then Samuel says. Don't turn aside. Because of the remembrance of your sins. And your failures. And your backslidings. You see what he says there in verse 20. Fear not. You, you have done all this wickedness. Yet. Turn not aside. You see. The remembrance of their sins may so discourage them. They may think that they can't follow the Lord at all. That the Lord doesn't want them to follow him. Because of the sins that they have committed. Because of their backslidings. Now Samuel doesn't minimize their sins. We're not saying that. He has already told them you've done great wickedness. You've made a king. They said themselves. We have added unto our sins. 
So they're acknowledging that, all our sins, and then they've added on to it. And, and Samuel does that, oh, it's not as bad as all that. He doesn't say that. That's not the way the pastor or the minister should counsel people. Oh, your sins aren't so great, really. There's far worse sins going about than that. That's not how the minister talks to people. If the people feel themselves to be great sinners, that's not a bad thing. Yes, you have done great wickedness. Yes, it is great sin that. But don't fear. You can still follow the Lord. He still has a place for you. Samuel would reclaim them from despair. He would reclaim them from the brokenness and the sadness that they feel. He doesn't minimize the sin of the past, but he doesn't want them to dwell on it. It's a fresh start now. Yes, you did all that. But don't be discouraged. And don't let it turn you aside from following the Lord. That's what he's saying. Can you see that? Yes, yet, yet, don't, don't, don't turn aside. So Samuel is encouraging the backsliders who've returned. And you know, if you've confessed your sins, people of God, and if you're sorry, and if you want a fresh start, you can have it. You can have it with the Lord. There's no problem. None whatsoever. You've done great wickedness in your backsliding. Yet don't turn aside from following the Lord. Follow him. You're welcome to follow him. Surely you remember the prodigal. He wondered what kind of a welcome he'd get. Just, be, just let me be a servant. Just let me work out with the animals or whatever. But he come back. He got a great welcome, didn't he? He got so much. His father didn't put him in the bad place. And you remember Jonah? He ran away and he went down, down further from God. And yet the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. There was a new start. Yet don't turn aside anymore, Jonah. But he got a new start. You remember Peter, he denied the Lord three times. But the Lord came to him and encouraged him, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, you're still in the work, Peter. Don't turn aside again. Remember the dead bones in Ezekiel's vision. Can these bones live? Do you remember how Ezekiel said, Lord, you know? And he preached over them and prayed over them and there came a rushing and a wind and he prophesied, and they left. They were reconstructed again. They lived. And not only did they live, they stood up upon their feet and were an exceeding great army that was still of usefulness to God. They got another chance. Even the dead bones. The Lord reconstructed them, and they got another chance. Yet turn not aside. And Israel, even today, if they would return, would receive the encouragement. In fact, this could be a very appropriate paragraph to give to an Israel who truly returned unto the Lord, who believed in Christ, who at last had not just at their midst Saul, but the true anointed Jesus Christ in their midst. And if they had him in their midst in faith, you could bring this very word to them. 
Don't turn aside again. Yes, it's great wickedness. You crucified him. You nailed him to the tree. Terrible sins. Yet, turn not aside from following him. Even Israel can be restored if they'll repent and believe. So turn not aside. But then there might be other fears. The prophet here has highlighted one of the fears. Fear not. But there might be other fears that might turn us aside. Besides fears that the Lord would accept us. The Lord will accept us if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But maybe the devil puts other things into our mind that discourage us and would deflect us and say, well, it's hardly worthwhile following the Lord. What's the point in me following the Lord? Because, you know, I, I, I know my weakness. I know that I'm not strong. I know that I can hardly resist this matter. I know that the devil's stronger than me. I know that he's a master warrior. And I'm just a poor weakling. And so we fear our weakness. We fear our lack of strength. We fear our ability to withstand him in the temptations and in the trials. We fear his might and his power, Satan's. And he's prevailed in the past. And we may fear he'll prevail in the future. And it might deflect us and discourage us. And we might say, what's the point? Fear not. Don't turn aside. Don't let fear be your master. Just follow the Lord. He'll give you the grace. He'll give you the strength. He'll sustain you. But keep following him. Keep at it. Keep on the right path. Keep on the narrow way. Listen to the Lord. Fear not. Just don't turn aside anymore. The Lord says, Greater is he than is in you than is in the world. Don't fear. You can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You can put on the whole armor of God. Don't fear. Just serve him. Put on the armor. Just serve him and look to him. Just serve him and trust him. Yes, you'll have tribulations. You'll have conflicts. You'll have battles. You'll have troubles. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Don't turn aside. You have the word of God to strengthen you. You remember how the apostles had confirmed to the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, not to turn aside, but to continue in the faith. And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. So we're going to have to face the tribulations and the trouble and the conflict, yet continue in the faith and don't let them turn you aside. So don't let your fears turn you aside. Fear not. That's why he starts off with this word. Fear not. Yes, Satan is more powerful than you. Yes, tribulations are many. Yes, there'll be many discouragements. Yes, you'll have many a fall. Yet, turn not aside. Don't give up. And then, turning aside, the prophet goes on to say, would be very foolish. Verse 21, turn ye not aside. For then should you go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver for they are vain. Do you see what he's saying? He's giving reasons for not turning aside. Here's another reason. 
Don't turn aside from following the Lord because if you turn aside, you're going to go after something else and that's going to be vain. That's going to be profitless. That's going to be foolish to leave the strong for the weak, to leave the solid for the fluid, to leave the gold for the, the husks. No, the Lord is the gold. The Lord is the solid. The Lord is the reality. The Lord is the greatest. The Lord is the highest. The Lord is the best. To turn aside from him, what would you go after? Something that's going to perish? Something that won't stand the test of time? Something that will let you down? Something that will be vain? Whatever it is, don't turn aside for it because whatever it is, it's vain, it's profitless, it won't do you any good, it'll do you harm in actual fact, but at the very least, it'll do nothing. It's vain. Whenever Israel went aside, it usually went aside onto idols. And idols are always associated with demons and devils. Because everything that draws us aside is associated with the devil and with demons. We don't only battle sin, brethren and sisters. And the cross did not only deal with sin. The cross dealt with the demons, with the devil, with the powers of darkness, with the principalities and powers. And we have to realize that when we turn aside from the king and the kingdom, we're turning aside to the darkness, the dark side, the side that the devils influence and present things. So you have to remember that you're going after the dark, you're going after the vain, you're going after that which doesn't profit. Israel was always doing this. What iniquity have your fathers found in me, the Lord said through Jeremiah, that they're gone far from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain. My people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've turned aside and mute out cisterns that don't even hold any water. They're all cracked and broken and the water just runs through them. And the Lord, he's a fountain, he's a reservoir. And they've turned aside from me to to go to empty cisterns, little cisterns that are broken with all the dirt and gritty water that might be lying in the bottom of it, turn aside from me. That's really what it is if we turn aside from the Lord. We're going to broken cisterns. That's foolish. You see what Samuel is saying? Don't turn aside again. He's a great preacher. He's giving them the reasons. Remember how the Lord talked about the idols, the vanities that men went after. Can they cause rain? Can they give the showers in the heavens? No. They have mouths. Can they talk? They have ears. Do they hear you? Do they answer your prayers? Whenever you're troubled, when you, you've got burdens, do they carry you? No. You carry them. You carry them. They don't do anything for you. They just wear you down. And why would you turn aside from me for that? That doesn't profit the sin. Why would you turn aside from prayer for other foolish talk? Why would you turn aside from listening to God, to listening to the world or to the darkness? Why would you turn aside from the feasts 
of the divine ordinances to pursue the world's table. You can't eat the cup of the Lord on the table of devils. Don't turn aside. It'll always be vain. Turn not aside either because the Lord has made you his people. How can you turn aside? Verse 22, what does it say there? The Lord will not, will not forsake his people for his great namesake because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Why would you turn aside? It's pleased him to make you his people. He has redeemed you. He has bought you out of the kingdom of darkness. He has saved you from this world. He's brought you into the church. He's brought you into the kingdom of light. He's brought you into the place where you have everything for your spiritual nourishment. He's made you his people. You're my people. You who are not a people are now the people of God, you Gentiles. He's chosen you to be a peculiar people above all the people on the earth, above all the nations. That's pleased the Lord. You haven't chosen him, but he's chosen you. He's called you. He's given you the light. He's brought you in to this place. He's put you on the path. The Lord has done all of that. Why would you turn aside? Has the world done that for you? Has the devil done that for you? Has the darkness done that for you? Have the vanities done that for you? No, the Lord has made you his people. Don't turn aside. And you have powerful promises of his presence. Verse 22, the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake. He's not going to turn aside from you. Why would you turn aside from him? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, he says. The Lord will not cast off his people, the Bible says. He will not forsake his inheritance, the Bible says. When the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth for thirst, the Lord says, I will hear them. I will not forsake them. I will never forsake them. Now, this is a marvelous thing. Whenever you think of that, how can you forsake the Lord? He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't turned the sun off from you. He hasn't turned off the water from you. He hasn't turned off all the blessings in life from you. He hasn't turned off the ordinances in the church for you. He's done none of this. He continues to give you all of this for the profit of your souls. Always coming to your needs. Always blessing you. Always surrounding you with his love. Always comforting you with his grace. Never forsaking you. Why would you turn aside? Why would you forsake him? And then don't turn aside because prayer is ascending for you. Verse 23. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Don't turn aside. There's prayer raised for you. The preacher's praying for you. The people are praying for you. The saints are praying for you. The church of God here is praying for you. You're in the arena where you're being prayed for. And that's a marvelous thing. A really marvelous thing. Why would you turn aside and leave that? And desert that arena where you have the prayer, an intercessor. The greatest intercessor of all, of course, is Jesus Christ. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. 
You have one praying for you. Why would you forsake him? Why would you forsake the divine intercessor? The one who lives, ever lives for you, interceding for you. So that's what the Bible says. Faith has to grasp that, to comprehend that, to take hold of that and to be transformed by that knowledge. So how could you leave the Lord who intercedes for you? How could you turn aside from prayer ascending for you? It's a wonderful thing to be under the covering of prayer. And if you're following the Lord and not turning aside, you're you're under that. But the devil wants you out. He wants you off the way. He wants you distracted so that you're not under the umbrella of prayer. And you're far easier to pray than to be utterly destroyed. So don't turn aside because prayer is ascending for you. And then don't turn aside because you have the teaching of the word. I will teach you the good and the right way. So don't turn aside. The prophet's retiring, of course, as judge. But he's not retiring as prophet and as preacher. He's going to be praying and preaching as much as ever for them. And don't turn aside. I'll teach you the good and the right way. You'll still have the ministry of the word. So don't turn aside and get away from it and leave it. And be outside its influence. No. Turn not aside from the hearing of the word. Turn not aside from the reading of holy scriptures. Turn not aside from the exposition of the truth of God. I'll teach you the good and the right way. You know, people who leave the church and maybe don't come to church or maybe don't go to any church, they leave the ministry. And you know, we need to be really careful if we leave a faithful ministry. It is much to thank God for. It is very important. Don't be discouraged because of the numbers maybe being small or anything like that. If you're being taught the good and the right way, why would you want to leave it? If you go to somewhere else where it's the good and right way, that's fair enough. That's good. People have done that and we're not anyway critical. But to leave a good and the right way ministry and to turn aside to something worse, something that is lesser, something that is not of God, something that the devil might present to you and decorate in some other form to make it look attractive. Really, the teaching of the good and the right way ought to be the central thing in our choice of a ministry and of a house of God. Because it is the place where our souls are fed. So don't don't turn aside if you have the good and the right way being taught to you. Don't forsake the way of the Lord. And this is what every minister ought to do to, to teach the good and the right way. What does it say there, verse 24? Fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, not turning aside, and then For consider how great things he hath done for you. There's something else. Think about what he's done for you. If someone does something for you that's really good and great and you're indebted all your life and you appreciate it, it's not a person that you turn against easily or forsake lightly. But you know, there's no one like the Lord 
who has done great things for us. And he has done great things for us and given us life and family and grace and salvation and forgiveness of sins. The great things he's done for us. He died on the cross for us. God the Father gave his son for us. And the son gave himself for us. And the Holy Spirit, he spends his ministry here on the earth amongst us sinners. Convincing of us of all of this. And it's not easy to be convinced of these things. Because our minds are so darkened and our hearts are so sinful. But the Spirit patiently labors on. So that we can see the great things and understand them. And not turn aside. How can we turn aside? How can we turn aside from a Savior who gave himself for us? And who humbly begs us to remember his death. How can we turn aside from the ordinances? From his worship? Serve him. You see, that's what he means by service. The very basic meaning of service is, is, is worship. Just be in his house. On his day. In the place of the ordinances. In the house of God. Doing the business of, of the service of God. That's the heart of service. Just serve him. Don't turn aside from it. Remember the psalm says, Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. But even the heathen said, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us. We're off, we're glad. How could we turn aside then? And then, don't turn aside, verse 25, but if ye shall still do wickedly. You see, that's what turning aside is, doing wickedly. Call it for what it is. It's doing wickedly. If you're turning aside from the Lord, if you're turning aside from his, his word, and if you're turning on to vanities and something lesser than God, you're doing wickedly. Sometimes we don't call our turn and say that. We might just give it the word recreation or relaxation or winding down. Don't we do that? May we see what things are really about. So turning aside from the Lord is doing wickedly. Don't turn aside then. And then don't turn aside the last reason you shall be consumed, both ye and your king. This is what will happen. It will not only be vain and to no profit, it will be to your ruin. You'll be consumed. Your heart will be consumed. Your love for the Lord will be consumed. Your faith will be consumed. Your devotion will be consumed. Your affections for God, your zeal, will be consumed. It will be destroyed. Anything that you could have been for God will be destroyed. Utterly destroyed. If we go aside, that's just what happens. We leave the protection, the arena, the orbit of the kingdom and the safety and all the grace and the protection of it and we go aside. And you leave that and you'll be consumed. Be consumed. And of course, that's how this book ends, isn't it, First Samuel? Because the Philistines come upon them and are they all consumed on Gilboa? 
and Saul as well killed. You and your king. It was fulfilled. It was true. They were consumed. They were destroyed. As the Bible says, such as turn on to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, Joshua said, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that he hath done you good. Imagine that. He would hurt you and consume you after he hath done you good. Because you've turned aside and served strange gods. So he's prodding them all. You're so prone to turn aside. But these are reasons that ought to help you not to do that. To stay in the the straight and narrow. So follow the Lord. Just let's follow the Lord in sincerity and truth. Just cry unto him. Keep looking to him. Yeah, we are weak and feeble and we fail and faint. But let's not turn aside. The preacher just has to keep saying all the time, just keep at it. Keep on. That's probably the best thing a minister could ever say to you on the door. Just keep on. Keep on going, child of God. Keep at it. Let's pray then.